Amin. Amin. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful. I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. Assalamu alaikum, my dear brothers and sisters, and once again, Ramadan Mubarak. This is, of course, this is your brother, Abdul Mutakir Muhammad, thanking you for taking time out of your schedule to be a part of our Umar Reflects, the Ramadan prayer line. We want to first thank Allah for allowing us once again to partake in this beautiful month of Ramadan to fast. For on his behalf, we pray that our time together will be beneficial to our and aid us all in our growth and development as believers in Allah. We were blessed, dear brothers and sisters, to hear from our brother Ali Hunan yesterday. And brother Ali started his talk off by saying that he was, in fact, unapologetically Muslim. He said that Muslims try to be better human beings every single day. And that the month of Ramadan is based on this, that we are striving to be better human beings. Our brother said that in this month of Ramadan, the believers strive to purify themselves. And he says when we pass as Muslims, we work on our patience and we work on self-analysis or self-analyzing ourselves and strive to refocus and concentrate on Allah that we may be better by the end of the month than we were when we started. A brother said that in this day of age of technology and social media, mobile phones, these things keep us attached to this world and the worldly desires of this life that is only temporary. He said the month of Ramadan awakens us and teaches us how to detach from these worldly desires and attachments and wakes us up to the real self, to our real self, and to think about the things that we need to think about. He spoke of his growing up in Iran and the great iftar that they would have during the month of Ramadan and all the giving of gifts and all of these things. We thank our brother, Brother Ali, for his words with us yesterday. We thank Allah for our guest speaker today. To take us further into our program is our beloved brother and friend, Brother Abdul Akbar Muhammad. Brother Akbar. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, my brother. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful. I bear witness there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his prophet, messenger, and servant. I thank Allah for another day of this holy month of Ramadan. Uh, I have so many uh, stories of Ramadan and traveling the world during Ramadan. As Allah would have it, I was blessed to travel to different countries during Ramadan, to experience Ramadan, uh, especially in Russia. People wouldn't think of that way, but think of uh, on the front of the Russian-English newspaper in Moscow, it was a Ramadan picture with Minister Farrakhan in the picture. So the month of Ramadan has meant a lot to us. 
the king invited us to stay at the Palace Hotel where he puts up his guests during Ramadan. And outside of the hotel, there was lines of food for iftar, and people could partake in it free. I don't know if they have continued that practice, but it was a beautiful practice that we experienced. I want to mention that in doing this, the Muslim world was saying that we are blessed with wealth, but the wealth means nothing if we don't share it with those who are less fortunate. In the days of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had asked Minister Farrakhan to bring the knowledgeable people who can help him to take the next steps in his mission. And they did an article about it in the New York Times. A man named Paul Delaney wrote the article. The article was picked up and read by a man named Ali Sundobra, a Muslim from Turkey who lived in Istanbul and in New York. And when he saw the article, he knew that he was in a position to help, and he came forward to help. Minister Farrakhan sent him to Chicago to meet first with the National Secretary, eventually with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And in his meeting, he explained what he did as a shipper, and he could help us in the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's fish program. Uh, I'm searching through pictures that Allah has blessed me and yesterday I found a picture of Mr. Dober and his two daughters, um, very beautiful young ladies who helped their father in his tremendous business. He was a very wealthy man. The calligraphy that you see in the mosque in Chicago, the mosque Miriam, he was the one that contributed the gold leafing for that and got the brothers in uh, Turkey who were the specialists in that to put that around the mosque. So during our, our days, we had the blessing that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad would do for his community. He was looking out for his community and built that beautiful dome on the mosque. So we, during the month of Ramadan, we are thankful and grateful to Allah. There are many brothers and sisters who are less fortunate. Um, less fortunate in terms of money and home, but Allah has blessed them with the gift of forgiveness and good. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that we should do good by one another. We should not be jealous and envious of one another, but we should do good for the sake of Allah and for the good of our people. The beautiful month of Ramadan gives us an opportunity to test our own strength. We can stay away from food for those hours and then go and partake and then make our prayers and ask Allah's forgiveness and do more good. And the good that we do should change the society that we've been in, a society that is full of murder and killing and shooting. We have to change that with the good that Allah blesses us to do as a people. So I thank Allah for this opportunity to talk not only to the Muslims in the nation of Islam or Muslims in North America, but to talk to the Muslims of the world. Lisa, your program and your blog program has allowed us to reach people across the world, and they send you letters and cards and tell you how much they appreciated someone talking about the good of Muslims and the good that we can do to make a change in the world. So, Brother Minister, I thank you. 
I thank you because there's many things you could have done, but you chose to stay on the path that you could do good and make a change for our people, and Allah has blessed you to do just that. I turn you back into the hands of Sister Nisa, who will introduce our next guest. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness. There's no God but Allah, and I bear witness. Muhammad is his messenger. Assalamu alaikum. It really gives me great pleasure to introduce our next speaker. He is a, a welcome, repeated guest here on our Ramadan, the Ummah Reflects Imam Qasim Amin Nathari. He's also the author of the new book, The State of Islam in Black America, Examining the Past, Assessing the Present, Looking Towards the Future. I seek refuge with Allah from Satan, the rejected one, in the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be served or worshipped as a deity or as a God except Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. After this, I greet you with the greeting words of peace. We say it in our original language of Arabic, Assalamu alaikum. It is indeed an honor and privilege to be on with you today on this podcast, Ramadan, the Ummah Reflects, during this blessed month of Ramadan, the month that Allah has given us as a time for deep reflection as Muslims all throughout the world. The month of Ramadan is one of those things in one of those times that reminds me directly of what Allah tells us in the Quran when he says we translate that as if you counted up the favors of Allah never would you be able to number them for Allah is all forgiving most merciful so the month of Ramadan it seems to come around so quickly every year but it never comes too soon. It comes just when we need it by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Ramadan is one of those things that Allah gives us that's from among his favors. And again, as the verse tells us, we can never count up the favors of Allah. If we were to sit as men and as women and try to count up the favors of Allah, after a few minutes, we would be bored. We'd give up with such a frivolous exercise because we know we can never count up the favors of Allah. And we don't even know all the favors of Allah because in addition to what Allah may bless us with or favor us with that we see, there's also the things that Allah will favor us with and bless us with by not giving us something or by withholding something that would be harmful for us or that wouldn't be beneficial for us. So all praises due to Allah. We thank Allah to have reached another month of Ramadan. It is said that Ramadan is divided into three segments or what is called Ashra. There's three Ashra to Ramadan. The first 10 days being mercy, the second 10 days being forgiveness, and the third 10 days being safety or salvation from the fire. In these few moments that I have with you today, I want to spend just a bit of time talking about the second of those three Ashra, which is forgiveness. Forgiveness is at the heart of so many spiritual and ethical traditions, but it can be one of the most difficult teachings to live up to. For forgiveness requires an extraordinary struggle against the bruised ego. 
And the bigger the hurt, the more difficult it is to forgive. So ultimately, we know that there's nothing like forgiveness that can set a person free and put a mind to rest. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, highly glorified and exalted is he, that in this month of Ramadan, that this can be a time for us to practice forgiveness. Yes, we want the mercy of Allah, and we know that Allah's mercy is always encompassing us, and Allah's mercy is always near. But we also want to practice forgiveness toward our fellow human beings in a way that we want Allah to forgive us. And we know certainly that Allah is all forgiving, most merciful, as was mentioned in the verse that we just mentioned a minute ago. And we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness is so vast, and he loves the person that will commit transgressions just so they could seek his forgiveness, so much so that the Prophet, prayers and peace be upon him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he reminded us that Allah said that if we did not commit sins, that Allah would get rid of us and replace us with the people who committed sins just so they could seek Allah's repentance because Allah loved the repentance of the center of the sinner so much. So Alhamdulillah, we know that Allah's forgiveness transcends and outdoes the forgiveness of the human being at a level that can't even be imagined. But in Islam, the Islamic tradition teaches forgiveness and is intimately connected to and rooted in a deeper understanding, understanding excuse me, of Allah and the relationship between Allah and the human being. The foremost of Allah's attributes, which open up every chapter of the Quran except one, are the merciful, al-Rahman, and the compassionate, al-Rahim. And one of the most celebrated names of Allah in the Quran is the forgiving, al-Ghafur. And there are several other attributes that are similar. And in this way, this relates to the human being, and it's twofold. First, at the heart of Islamic spirituality is the idea that we have a share, no matter how small in comparison to God, we have a share of the divine attributes by virtue of this life-giving and divinely originating soul that is breathed into us when we are still fetuses in our mother's womb. Then it is our spiritual task to cultivate and grow these beautiful attributes within our soul and character in order to draw closer to Allah. So forgiveness is an opportunity to adorn our souls with qualities that bring us closer to Allah. And forgiveness should be seen as an opportunity, a chance at experiencing and achieving a nearness to Allah that is indescribable in its beauty and in its tranquility. And second, there's a deep sense that the way we treat others is the way that we will be treated by Allah. In other words, if we wish for Allah's gentle treatment or forgiveness of us, then we must be gentle towards others. And this is why the Prophet, prayers and peace be upon him, told us in an authentic hadith, show mercy toward those on earth and the one above the heavens will show mercy toward you. This is from our Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So in this month of Ramadan, we're especially encouraged to seek Allah's forgiveness for our wrongdoings and shortcomings, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to be forgiven our shortcomings and our wrongdoings. And what better way to seek this divine forgiveness than by, than by forgiving those who have wronged and hurt us? 
So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that among our fasting and our prayers and our giving of charity and our feeding of those that are less fortunate and all of those things we do of good during this month, whether we can fast or not is not the most important goal of Ramadan because some people will fast, but they won't give up those things that Allah suggests or commands them to give up. And as the Prophet said, all they would lose is hunger and thirst. So we ask Allah to allow us to be of those people that are forgiving. And we start that in Ramadan and we hope that Allah will allow us to continue that throughout the year. I want to just close by sharing something from the seerah, from the biography, from the history of the Prophet Muhammad, prayers and peace be upon him, that directly connects to this divine point of forgiveness, one of the virtues, again, of the second ashra of Ramadan. Once when the Prophet Muhammad, prayers and peace be upon him, was sitting in the mosque with a group of his companions, he caught everyone by surprise by stating that the next person to enter the mosque would be a person of paradise. So the Prophet's companions waited eagerly to see who that person would be. Finally, a rather simple man, as we could describe him, appeared. The companions were baffled because they didn't think that this person was really extra, uh, extraordinarily pious or righteous. So one of the companions asked this man, his name was Abu Dundum. He asked if he could stay with him for a few nights making an excuse that he needed to stay with him. But in reality, this companion really just wanted to know what was so special about Abu Dhamdam that the prophet would say that he is guaranteed paradise. So in the night, this companion expected Abu Dhamdam to pray all night, but no such thing happened. During the day, the companion expected him to fast, but that didn't happen either. Finally, the companion told the man about what the prophet had said and why he was actually spending nights in his home. And Abu Dhamdam, may Allah grant him the highest states in the paradise, he replied that the only thing he did that was different and unique was that before going to bed every night, he would forgive anyone who had offended him, knowingly or unknowingly, and he would go to sleep with a clean heart toward others. Alhamdulillah. Allahu Akbar. So look at what we look at as being this act of forgiveness, a simple act where we're just willing to forgive others in the same way that we would want Allah to forgive us. And because he did this every night, that he would forgive anyone who offended him knowingly or unknowingly, and he would go to sleep with a clean heart, having forgave others and not having any malice or enmity toward them. Allah directed the prophet, prayers and peace be upon him, to say that this man would be a man of paradise. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, highly glorified and exalted is he, that he will allow us to be of those people that will be the people who forgive. And in turn, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he will forgive us in this Ramadan of our shortcomings before Ramadan, our shortcomings during Ramadan, and any shortcomings we may have after Ramadan. And that in giving us his forgiveness, that he will allow us to stand in the shade on that day where there'll be no shade except except the shade of our Rahman. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik wa ashadu an la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Glory be to you, O Allah, and to you is the praise. I bear witness that none have the right to be worshipped except you. I repented you, and I ask you to forgive us all. And our final words are, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Thank you very much for your time and attention, and I leave you as I came before you with the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, brother Imam Nathiri. Thank you for your beautiful words with us this morning. Thank you, my dear brother. May Allah continue to bless you. And I got to get my copy of your book, brother. I got to get my copy.
All praises are due to Allah. We thank our brother for his words with us this morning. And we, at this point, we bring on our brother who will give us what we affectionately call the hadith of the day, Brother Jalil. Thank you, Brother Musaka. Thank you very much, the brother. And assalamu alaikum to you and assalamu alaikum to your family and assalamu alaikum to all of those that have gathered this morning on the Ramadan, the Umar Reflects line. Alhamdulillah, we praise Allah and we thank Allah. And we seek Allah's help from the evil of our bad deeds and the fruits of those bad deeds. And we seek Allah's forgiveness for he, and he alone is the best forgiver. Whomever Allah guides, no one will be able to misguide that person. But whomever Allah leaves wandering aimlessly without any direction, without any guidance, no of surety to brothers and sisters that no one can guide that person aright. I bear witness, give open testimony that there is nothing worthy of worship but Allah. And I bear witness that Muhammad ibn Abdullah is his servant and messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The most truthful words can be found in the book of Allah, no doubt about it. It's the most accurate book. It's the most profound book. It's the book of healing. It's the book of forgiveness. It's the book of mercy. And we thank Allah for that book. And the best guidance comes from the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Every made-up thing in the religion, dear brothers and sisters, is something called a bidah, an innovation. And every bidah, every innovation shall lead astray, and every going astray shall lead to the hellfire. May Allah protect us from going astray by injecting things in the religion that we have no right to inject. Dear brothers and sisters, this is another day of fasting another day of praying, another day of contemplation, another day of giving, another day of sacrificing, another day of joining with our brothers and sisters, striving to be what Allah has called us to be, Muslims. We thank Allah for brother today and his talk this morning. Brother Amin is, has been working hard striving to make Islam real throughout the country, and he's written books, and he's put forth books that have inspired people. And we thank Allah for his help, and we thank Allah for his dedication to the deen of Islam. He talked about the saying that's been repeated so often throughout the circle of Islam about dividing the dividing of Ramadan into three parts. Well, that's a weak hadith who said that Salman al-Farsi, the Persian, said that, but he really didn't say it, but it said repeatedly that Ramadan is divided into three parts, mercy, forgiveness, and the ransom from hell. But in truth, dear brothers and sisters, Ramadan allows us to feel the impact of mercy from Allah all 30 days. And forgiveness is therefore our taking all 30 days. And our being removed and not being able to enter the hellfire is our opportunity all throughout the days of Ramadan, every day, all 30 days. So it's no division, no dividing of these into three different parts. We can capture each of these tremendous components throughout the entire, throughout the entire month of Ramadan. And ask, I ask Allah to bless us to be able to receive his mercy, his forgiveness, and bless us to be of those that never, ever enter Jahannam, the hellfire. 
and make us to be inhabitants of Jannah, Jannah for those paradise. Brothers and sisters, I want to speak about forgiveness, which is what Brother spoke about this morning. And Brother spoke about the, the hard time, the hard ability to be able to forgive one another, and, and true it is. But it's not hard if we have a soft heart and if we strive to follow the sunnah, if we strive to abide by the laws of Islam, and if we strive to understand that the Sharia commands us to do that. Brother Amin spoke about it being hard because oftentimes we let our nafs get in the way. During the time of the Prophet Wasallam, there were times when the companions, the brothers and sisters, hurt one another and caused pain with one another. But they were quick to forgive. They were quick to forgive one another because they knew the brotherhood, they knew the sisterhood was needed to stay intact. And Allah tells us to forgive over and over throughout the book of Allah. But all the stories that we hear about the companions, i.e. Omar ibn Khattab, we fall in love with Omar ibn Khattab, not necessarily because we've heard stories about his forgiveness, but we fell in love and fall in love with Omar ibn Khattab because of his strength, because he was a brute. He didn't play with regard to his religion. And anybody that crossed him with his crossed him against his religion had to face dire consequences. But we don't hear the stories about the permanent marks that were on his cheekbones because of his crying night after night after night after night of his fear of Allah and begging of Allah, begging of Allah to forgive him of his sins. There's an accurate report that he would cry so much that these marks left permanent marks on his cheekbones. That's the way you acquire the forgiveness of Allah by beseeching Allah to forgive you of your sins. And all of us have asked Allah to forgive us of our sins. You can't be a Muslim if you don't. But the question we need to ask ourselves, how quick are we to forgive one another? The brothers and sisters, for 13 years, during the time of the Prophet وسلم, he faced tremendous pain and struggle against those that hated him and hated the Muslims. They hated the religion that they were striving to establish. And they hated the fact that his success was growing and was gaining momentum. He was persecuted. He was mocked. He was scorned. He was poisoned. They spat on him and threw things at him. He was exiled. He was slandered. He was kidnapped. He had animal intestines thrown on him. He was boycotted. His family was boycotted. So much so, dear brothers and sisters, that they had to eat the leaves off the tree just to eat something and to fill their bellies. And the companions tell the story that they ate so many leaves that the droppings from their bowel movements were like the bird droppings from above. They hated his family, their brothers and sisters. They killed his companions. 
they divorced his daughters. Samaya, the companion, the, one of the one of the first uh, women, the first woman martyr. Her name was Samaya. Check out what they did to her. They brought her into the main street in front of all of them, in front of her husband, and in front of her son, and they spread her legs <laughs> wide open, and they shoved a spear in her private parts and killed her right in front of the Prophet and all the Muslims to humiliate them, to degrade them, to disappoint them, and to strive to put out the flame of Islam. So much pain, so much hurt. He cried night and night and night overnight. His uncle Hamza, they killed him. They killed the companions. Not only did they kill the companions, they went into the grave sites of the companions, dig them up and mutilated them. They mutilated his uncle Hamza. They cut off his, they killed him, then cut off his ears and cut off his nose. And then a woman reached into his body and pulled his liver out and ate his liver in front of the Muslims. So much pain, so much hurt. All because he wanted to establish Islam. No other reason. He didn't cause them no hurt. He didn't cause them no treachery. He didn't cause them no betrayal. He didn't do, murder anyone. He was striving to establish Islam throughout that peninsula. And this is what they did to him. But later, dear brothers and sisters, they were able to conquer Mecca. And he came back, dear brothers and sisters, when the tables were turned and now they had conquered Mecca and they had control of Mecca. And he came back with 10,000 FOI at his side. And he stood before all of these disbelievers, all of these Catholics who had caused him so much pain, who killed so many of their companions, of his companions. And he stood before them and he asked them the question, what do you think I should do to you now? And the disbeliever said, you are a son of a noble, righteous man, and you are a noble, righteous man. You should do that which is noble and that which is righteous. The Prophet looked at him and said, you are all free to go. You have been forgiven. Brothers and sisters, the story tells us that amongst those disbelievers, they were crying out of joy, out of a love for now for man that they had grown to love just on that act alone. He forgave them all, and they left. And many of them, many of them, many of them took that shahada and became Muslim. Brothers and sisters, I don't care what you've gone through. Somebody's killed your mother. Somebody's kidnapped your son. Somebody's raped your cousin. Somebody stole from you. Somebody's allowed you to go bankrupt. Somebody hasn't repaid you money that they've owned. Your husband has done you wrong. Your wife has done you wrong. 
I don't care what someone has done to you. It is of Islamic obligation for you to forgive that person. This is just not Brother Abdul Jalil talking. This is Allah, your Lord above the seven heavens, who says this. Because everything is forgivable. Everything is pardonable except those that worship someone besides Allah. I ask Allah to bless us to be of those that have a forgiving heart, a merciful heart, so that we can attain Jannah. And we can attain Jannah for those paradise and be amongst the companions and be amongst the prophets of Allah and that we'll be blessed and honored to be this, to be able to see the face of Allah. May Allah bless you, brothers and sisters, to strive to be of these type of men and women who came before us, who gave us examples after examples after examples of forgiving one another and being merciful to one another. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you this morning for the hadith of the day. I have to say, um, I could not help but think or reflect on the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and the early brothers and sisters who worked to establish Islam in America and his running seven years from those, his family establishing Islam and his wife and his daughter wearing the Muslim clothing to establish Islam and those brothers that were going to prison because of Islam and that they didn't want to fight our enemies. So I just want to just thinking about those things. So thank you, brother, for giving us those hadith that to this morning. All praises are due to Allah. We will now have our sister, Sister Nisa, give us the fast back in the Nisa report. Sister Nisa. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. I bear witness there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is his messenger. Assalamu alaikum. Our fast fact of the morning is make the Quran your best friend. What is a best friend? Your best friend is someone who is always there for you. Someone who is honest, caring, humorous, understands you, is kind, generous. Someone you can trust is consistent and gives you encouragement. The wise poet, Roberta Flack, said, You just call out my name, and you know, wherever I am, I'll come running to see you again. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, all you have to do is call, and I'll be there. Yes, I will. You've got a friend. Many of us have friends we consider our best. Think of who is on your list. My question this morning, is the Quran on that list? Is the Quran your best friend? It meets all the criteria. The Quran is always there for you, regardless of what happens, literally regardless of what you do. Good, bad, mess up, mix up, and everything in between. God's word is right there for you every step of the way. The book of Allah is honest, caring, humorous at times, kind, and generous. You will not find a better book or a better friend. You can trust the Quran. Every word is true. That book is consistent and hasn't changed in over 1,400 years. Lastly, when you want encouragement, the Quran is where you should turn. What better friend will tell you, oh, you who have believed, 
seek help through patience and prayer. Indeed, Allah is with the patient. The Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah 153. We need friends that will tell us. And whoever holds firm to Allah has indeed been guided to a straight path. Quran, Surah 3, verse 101. Consider sacrificing some time each day to spend with the Quran. Read it with our hearts. Work to adapt the noble characteristics it addresses. By doing this, we may think twice before we tell a lie, attempt to cheat on an exam, or shortchange a brother in business. Strive to become better because of our relationship with the Quran. If you read the Quran with only your tongue, you will find repetition. But if you read it with your heart, you will find depth and wisdom. Just as novels take us away into enchanted lands and make our imagination soar, the Quran can too and will do this and so much more. The benefits of reading the Quran are enormous and the pleasure one gets from doing such a simple task is incredible. Make a sincere effort to create a close relationship with the Quran. Start taking it with you to school, work, wherever you go. If you make time for the Quran, just as you make time for work, family, and friends, you will see abundant blessings come your way. The Quran will become your friend, too. That's our fast fact. Make the Quran your best friend. Thank you for listening. Islam is not the problem. Islam is the answer. As-salamu alaykum. Rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaykum salam, Sister Nisa. Thank you for the Nisa report, the fast fact. Brothers and sisters, our reading for today on day seven starts with chapter five, verse 82, through chapter six, verse 110, surah five, verse 82, through surah six, verse 110. We will once again ask our brother, Brother Abdul Shaheed Muhammad, would he close us with prayer, Brother Shaheed? Assalamu alaikum, dear family. Let us close today's Episode with prayer. Kul a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Ar-Rahmanir Rahim, Malik Yawmitin. Iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'in. Iqdina sirat al-mustaqim. Sirat al-ladina an'amta alayhim. Ghayri al-magdubi alayhim waladhalin. O Allah, guide us with those whom you have guided and strengthen us with those whom you have strengthened. Take us to your care with those whom you have taken to your care. Bless us in what you have given us and protect us from the evil that you have ordained. Surely you command and are not commanded, and none whom you have committed to your care shall be humiliated, and none whom you have taken as an enemy shall taste glory. You are blessed, our Lord, 
and exalted. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Shahid, for your prayers with us this morning. Brothers and sisters, as we close, on behalf of our guest speaker today, our brother Imam Kasim Nathari, we thank you, for Brother Imam, for your words with us this morning. You and your family, and may Allah continue to bless you, sir. On behalf of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and his family, we thank you, Brother Minister, for everything that you do and have done and are doing to establish this mighty word of Islam. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Brother Minister. On behalf of the Executive Council of the Nation of Islam and their families, we thank each and every one of you for all that you do and are doing to establish Islam and to aid and assist the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. On behalf of the ministers and imams throughout this country and world who are spreading this mighty word of Islam, we thank Allah for each and every one of you and your family. On behalf of my co-hosts, Brother Akbar, Sister Nisa, Brother Jalil, Brother Shaheed, and their families, we thank Allah for each and every one of you. And this morning, a special shout-out to the mighty E-Team, those brothers and sisters that go out and go with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and protect him in his going and his coming. We thank Allah for each and every one of you. And a special shout-out to our Supreme Captain and our Assistant Supreme Captain, mighty men who go out with this word of Islam. And, and, and on behalf of each and every one of you that are on this line, that are listening to this podcast, we thank Allah for each and every one of you. And let me leave you as I came to you with the greeting words of peace. And to Allah, we'll be talking again tomorrow. As-salamu alaykum. Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illa Allah, wallahu akbar, wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-aliyil azim. Glory be to Allah, all praise to Allah.